0: And welcome to the second episode of the Illini Pulse podcast. I want to thank everybody who has subscribed, registered for free there at IlliniPulse.com. It means a whole lot to us, the hundreds of you that that have. Uh, it's much appreciated uh, because without you guys, um, you know, there's no even point to uh, continue doing this kind of stuff because we do this for the fans. Um the whole team there at Line I Pulse, Yanni Laros, Matt Moore, um, Luke Lowry, um, uh, Bobby Kersey, and myself. We just we really appreciate all you guys. So thanks for giving us your time and joining and getting on the forums and, you know, reading the articles and the videos and the scopes and of course this podcast here. So and we're trying to provide the best free content for Illini fans. Um, you know, make it worth your while. So, thanks again. So, But this Illini Pulse podcast could not be coming to you today without sponsors. Um, and, of course, John Wright is one of those sponsors. Um, Chicago area Illini fans, if you're buying or selling home, Uh, and you need to move faster than an Illini running back through a Big Ten secondary, then there's only one realtor to call, and that is John Wright of Keller Williams Premier Properties. John has 12 years of experience and successfully closed 1,250 properties in Chicago and the suburbs. He's a loyal Illini supporter as well as a great realtor. If I were to buy or sell in the Chicago area, my only call would be to John. You may reach him at 888-862-1345 or www.writerealestategroup.com. He will have you moving at the speed of Wright. And again, that number is 888-862-1345. And of course, that is John Wright. He also sponsors the Liddyville Express. Um, and of course, um, you guys know that he's got one more week left of doing this um, Liddyville Express from... Uh, Chicago from Wrigleyville area down to uh, Champaign he's doing it all expenses pay he's paying what is it $1,600 he paid to get this thing going Um, and if uh, nobody's signing up for it by the Eastern Michigan game he's gonna have to looks like he's gonna have to cancel that because he's gonna be losing $800 on it and while he's not doing it for the money He's doing it to bring fans down to, to the seats. So um, I hope anybody listening in the Chicagoland area who doesn't want to drive down gets that on that Ladyville Express. It's 29 bucks, and that comes with drinks and snacks. Uh, think about this. You're, you're you're avoiding the traffic of Chicago, uh, I'm trying to hurry up and get down to Champaign. And, of course, the traffic from Champaign back up into Chicago later that night after a big victory, you know. So think about that. That's at eventbrite.com and look up Liddyville Express. So I want to thank John for that. But today on the I Pulse podcast, so what should you be expecting today? You know, I'm going to do, talk a little bit about some recruiting. Um, but more importantly, um, more importantly, I got Kedrick Prince on the, uh, on the episode today. And of course, Ked Prince uh, works for orangeandbluenews.com, also the Dispatch Argus been covering Illinois for many, many years. Um, uh, I love bringing his uh, intellect and his insight uh, to the podcast. So it's going to be a good time. We we uh, did 25 minutes uh, for this. For You guys are going to really enjoy it. 25 minutes of myself and Ked Prince talking Illini football um, and uh, Illini basketball recruiting. So Adam Miller and Coleman Hawkins are coming to Champaign here in a couple weeks, and we, t- we break all that down. Ked Prince is very, very close to the Coleman Hawkins family, so we have a lot to say about that as well. Of course, we both give our takes on the Illini being a 20-point favorite there in Hartford, so a lot to listen to and digest in that portion of the podcast. So um, before we get to that, you guys, um, and and to end the podcast today as well, I'm going to be doing Ask Swami. So, you know, I gave everybody who follows me at I-L-L-Pulse R R Y um, to send me your questions for the Ask Swami section of the podcast, and I answer those. So hopefully, you know, you got the opportunity to do that, and I'll be answering those. So before I do that, if you guys have not, it's free, IlliniPulse.com, articles from Yanni Laros he interviewed jermaine hamlin some really good stuff there about jermaine hamlin um some really good stuff um about uh jermaine hamlin uh basically uh who's been mentoring him how things are going for him in the gym his thoughts on the coaching staff so uh where he feels he can fit a role uh for the team i think it'll work out great so uh, I think he's going to be a, a, a factor and play some minutes this year. So Yanni Laros interviewed Jermaine Hamlin. Also, um, we've got Matt Moore's betting line, uh, line matchups for the week. Uh, so Matt Moore breaks down every matchup, the lines. He cut, he goes over, you know, he has his picks to cover the spread and his overall winners. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of great stuff um, going on there as well. So... Matt Moore uh, and also Luke Lowry had an interview with Reggie Love who had near 100 yards against Lutheran North last week uh, who's going to be carrying all the workload carrying the ball for Trinity Catholic of course Reggie Love is the Illini commit um, four-star kid so he had an interview with him, talks about when he's going to be visiting Illinois next, his thoughts on being the main back there at Trinity, so it's worth a, it's worth a read as well. So again, thanks to everybody who has followed Illini Pulse on Twitter, who has subscribed and registered for free. It means a lot to us. Uh, but coming up next, the interview with Ked Prince. All things Illini football and basketball for 25 minutes. I, got, I hope you guys enjoy. All right, welcome to uh, the second episode Uh, via Lion Eye Pulse podcast today. Uh, I have Orange and Blue uh, news writer and uh, dispatch Argus from the Quad Cities, uh, Kedrick Prince, joining me. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining me today, Ked.
1: Thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So, you know, normally, of course, you know, I think most people know you for basketball. You cover if you have, you've have coached basketball. Uh, you've been covering Illinois for a long time. I think most people just think about you as basketball, but there's a lot of things. You know, obviously you know football as well too. But right now, you said pretty much there's a lot going on with football that you want to discuss. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I, you know i do both um i mean i'm a little bit more adamant you know i've had the history of basketball but i'm a little bit more adamant and more you know well-rounded when it comes to basketball i guess but you know the a football standpoint it's not that i don't you know i enjoy it um it's, it's something different to be honest with you i mean sometimes it's more entertaining to watch football than it is a basketball game sometimes so and it's just different right now it's college sports period so i enjoy that part of it
0: now of course uh, some uncharted territory right now for Illinois um, Illinois football. They're a 22-point favorite on the road. It's, uh, it looks like people are trying to catch on to this because the, the line started at 18 uh, last week. Um, well, or, sorry, earlier in the week it started at 18, and now people are putting more and more money on Illinois. There's another $55,000 bet that happened today. And they're going to be cashing in fifty thousand if Illinois can cover. What are you making of the uh, twenty-two point spread for Illinois on Saturday?
1: I'm not surprised. Um, going into this season, you know, I I've, I've been saying it for like the last three or four months. I knew this was going to be a special year. You know, if you're close to the program and you follow the recruiting standpoint. Um, you know what's going on. I knew Illinois was going to be better. For people who are Chicago Bears fans, and if you remember Lovey Smith being around, Lovey was, he's not a theatrical guy, he's not really loud, but You can tell a difference in his voice now. You can tell Lovey's different. You know, the way he talks in press conferences, the way he talks about players, he knew this was going to be a special team. So, to be honest with you, I'm not surprised about it because of the grad transfers helped. You know, they have tons of upperclassmen. You know, they didn't, I don't believe they started a freshman um this year for the first time you know in three or four years that's that's not happened which is nice it's really nice because you finally have some guys that are older lovey talked about the junior class taking over the locker room all that stuff matters and to me when you look at what they have on paper and what they had coming back you know they got blown out last year a lot of times but in those games except for iowa like the penn state game they was in you know they were in the game to Two, three quarters. So, obviously, you're going to build upon that. So, watching the defense, and Lovey, people, other people like it or not, he's a defensive-minded coach. That's what he is. I wasn't surprised at how well they played defense. What I do like is, from a national standpoint, other you know other media people are taking notice. Dave Wanstad had him as one of the top ten teams in the Big Ten today. So, this is not a surprise. Offensively, we know they're going to score points.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I was actually taking some flack, but I'm okay with it. I feel like seven, you know, for most people, it's really fair to have Illinois in the top seven. I put Illinois six in my Big Ten power rankings. The I put the Swami index on it, the Big Ten uh, Pulse <laughs> Swami index. That's what I. That's what I called it, uh, and people were giving me grief about it. A lot of people thought seven was probably fair, but for me, Illinois was so impressive. Um, defensively, offensively, and on special teams that I just felt like, hey, I think they performed better than Michigan State. Michigan State literally was just defensive. You know, they kept uh, they kept Tulsa down. I think they didn't even give up positive yardage. But offensively, Illinois uh, played better offensively than Michigan State did. And defensively, they only scored... And defensively, they only scored, you know... Three, they only gave up three points to Akron. Uh, so I felt like overall, the phases of the game, it was way better. So I put Illinois at six and Michigan State at seven, and people got on me for that. But I,
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Here's the way I look at it. A lot of people who are still down on the program, and not necessarily people who are Illinois fans or alumni, people nationally, almost just Akron. I'll tell you what. Why don't you ask Tennessee how they felt? Because you know, you know, they had a bad loss at home. You have to, This is college sports, and there's parity now. So, or, or even Missouri, you know, that was a bad loss if you, you know, if, if you really think about it. So, to me, I don't look at it because they beat Akron and it, they beat them forty-five to three. And I'll tell you what, I was standing on the sidelines. The kids want to put up more points. They could have put up about sixty points themselves. Lovey is never going to blow anybody out. That's just not who he is. And I, I don't like the fact when teams do it to him because he's never going to try to embarrass people like that. I just know defensively they're older, they're bigger, they're they're buying into the scheme. You know, people were panicking because of the first, you know, series of the game, you know, Akron went down the field. But bloody made adjustments and you didn't see that the rest of the game. It's hard to pick where they are after one week. You know, it it really is. I mean, people are down in Nebraska. I was not high on Nebraska to begin with just because they weren't great to me last year to begin with. Do they have talent? Yes. But you know, and and, you know, people are really, really high on Michigan. Personally, I like Ohio State because they're the reigning, you know, they're they're always there. And Ohio State is always loaded with talent, and I just don't see. I'm not saying Michigan is not good, but and I don't think this is going to be the year that Michigan automatically is just going to go in and just beat Ohio
0: State just because Urban Meyer is gone. There's a lot of parity in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, and you know we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. This is we're just excited for Illinois football, man. Like we're ready to go watch next week's game. You know, and, and a lot of times that's not the case. But I feel like we're really going to find out how good Illinois is in week four when Nebraska comes to Champaign. So uh, I feel like there's a great chance Illinois ends up 3-0. and They have to take every game, you know, and focus on every game. But I feel like if talent wins out, they're going to beat UConn by double digits at least. And then, you know, you got to take care of business at home against Eastern Michigan. But like you said, there's so much parity Georgia State goes into Tennessee and beats them. Minnesota struggles with San Diego State. You know what I'm saying?
1: That was a game. I'll tell you right now, San Diego State beats themselves. Sorry, sorry. South
0: Dakota State, my apologies.
1: Yes, that's okay. They had a chance to beat them. And that just goes to show you, you know what I'm talking about. And and I'll even tell you this: I think I don't think Illinois has an easy Big Ten schedule. Took, on paper, I think it's tough, but in college football, it only takes one weekend. You know, Illinois rolled Minnesota last year. You know, and then Minnesota bounced back with some great wins. So to me, you just got to be good on on that given day. And if you look at the quality of the Big Ten and the the coaching, even Rutgers, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be that doormat that everybody thinks they're going to be. All these teams are getting better. The the pressure that these coaches are under, the grad transfer, you know, the transfer portal has been great to Rutgers, it's been great to Illinois as well. So, you know, people think they're just going to walk in and these teams are going to roll over. I don't think so. And I don't think, Illinois is going to take UConn for granted. I think if they have a chance, not that they're going to go in worry about the spread, I think they're going to go to handle business because they've not won on the road in forever. I mean, it's been years since they won a road, a non-conference road game. So, I look for them to go in and take business. I think Lovey's going to use that long drought as you know as bulletin board material. And I look for them to be focused, and I look for them to go three and zero in the non-conference, and we'll see what happens when they play Nebraska at home.
0: Would you say though? Uh, would you say my statement's accurate that there's a lot of excitement for Illinois football right now?
1: On Twitter, there is. That's kind of a sore subject with me because, uh,
0: and, and that's okay. I wasn't the only one. I know. I know. wasn't the only one. I think right, you saw me. my I'm, I'm, uh, you saw my public service announcement on Twitter, right?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I saw it, but I'm not. I'm a little more. I'm, I'm more vocal about it. There was two national writers who was at the game Saturday that tweeted the same thing I did and they just let it go. I just feel differently and that people are entitled to their opinion. You know, and I think most people are saying, I want to wait and see, I want to wait and see. I just know when those kids run out of there, if you've ever played sports, when you run out of a tunnel or you run out of a locker room and there's a full crowd, that matters to a lot of people. And I know Illinois hasn't been great in years come, you know, in the past years, but if you follow it, which is really easy on Twitter, you know they're building something. I'll tell you this, and this is something I was going to tweet, and I didn't do it. A Booster Club member... Uh, from Iowa came up to me Tuesday and this is what he said I found Illinois all summer I, I never worried about Illinois before but after what I saw this summer and after what I saw Saturday now we have to worry about Illinois being a factor in the West Division that tells you where Illinois is going in the direction because people are going to take notice of it I can assure you that
0: yeah, and I feel like in many past years, Illinois beats Akron probably by ten to fourteen points. Uh, last week, you know, and, and Illinois easily, as you mentioned, could have kept Brandon Peters in the game. They took him out after one series in the third quarter, you know. Right. And, so yeah, they could have easily and, and had sixty points.
1: Point. Oh, easily, and I, and it's not about that. It really isn't to me. They beat him. and I'll tell you, was the only negative thing about it from. Uh, I don't want to say... How do I say it. From a media standpoint, I saw some of these polls and they had Maryland like fifth or 6. Well, Maryland put up 79 points. So they gave them the nod over some of the other schools in the Big Ten. So having said that, it would have been nicer if... Uh, Illinois would have put up 60 points. Then people would have been, you know, I'm sure they would have felt differently then about Illinois, but that stuff doesn't matter. I just want to see them compete, get better every week. And the number one thing is people can't take this for granted. They have to stay healthy. They have to stay healthy. They cannot afford any more major injuries um, to anybody. They need – if they can stay healthy and, you know, things go their way and, you know, a couple bounces go, you know, this way or that way, they have a legitimate shot of six or seven games, wins.
0: And you know what? Last thing we'll mention to football because I do want to transition into a little bit of basketball here with you before I let you go. But uh, with Mike Epstein going down, of course, we all send our prayers and thoughts for him. Um, this will be this third year in a row that he has had an injury. He's going to derail his season at some point. Um, He'll be able to redshirt medically. He'll have two years of eligibility left, but... With all that said, Illinois' deepest position is running back. So thank goodness they have so many talented. You know, you got Reggie Corbin, you got Rayvon Bonner, um, you know, Jakari Norwood, uh, Dre Brown, who has is a great story. And you know, many people think he has the best pro potential of any back that we have. So, right. um, so thankfully Illinois has good depth at the running back position. But I think we can all agree that health is important because you know you lost Bobby Roundtree before the season started. You lose Marquez. Beeson right before the season started uh and then you have Mike Mike Epstein and then you have Mike Epstein go down that's three solid contributors if not your your, some of your better players three crucial players have gotten hurt so gotta stay healthy
1: Yeah. yeah I agree uh
0: so of course for Illinois basketball there you know there's a lot of fans that are restless right now with the class of uh 2020 basketball um just illinois has no commits but you know we're two months before the season starts you know two months before the uh, fall signing period of course illinois has a chance to do some damage here over the next couple weeks they've got coleman hawkins and um, adam miller visiting so scheduled right now for the same weekend the 13th through the 15th of September you know I'm hearing rumblings of you know maybe Illinois wanting to do some shifting of Adam Miller's OV so they can have his mom there and other people who are important in his life Um, so I think I don't have a problem that they scheduled those two together you know maybe you could try and get a double commit but for me personally uh, I'm gonna have you comment on the Coleman Hawkins because I know you know you've you've got you've got some good connections and intel with Coleman. I know you've talked with the family several times. Um, but for me, you know, I think making sure you get everything right for Adam Miller is super important because I feel like he could be a, you know, a game changer uh, to, to get to your program.
1: Yes. I, you know, I've known Coleman, I'm, you know, His dad, I've, you know, grown up with the family, you know, they used to live in Chicago and then they, um, you know, one of the brothers moved, you know, to the quad city. So I've got to know the family, you know, pretty well. Real nice people, very smart, very intelligent family. Um, then they moved out to California. Um, one of my best friends I went to high school with played basketball with his dad, um, Rodney at Kobe Junior College in Kansas before the dad ended up transferring to San Diego State University, which, which is where he visited last week. Um, I will say this I know he likes Illinois I know a lot of the family who are from Chicago they like Illinois but Dad did go to San Diego State and they are they're on the West Coast so I'm sure that's going to play a factor in it I will say this when I talked to him three or four months ago I mean if Illinois would have really really pushed hard on him they probably would have got a commitment right away from him I mean I think he really liked it um, that much. I can't say what's going to happen. Now, I know he does like him. I, I, I can tell you that, but I can't say which, who's a favorite and who's not. As far as Adam Miller's concerned, I just heard so many different things. I mean, it's hard to say what you, know, what you believe anymore. But I've talked to the kid myself a few times. You know, He always told me that no matter what happens, Illinois is going to be on his final list. They, no matter what the situation was, You know, then you hear Romans and Arizona State may be leading and you know, and it would be nice to get everybody on campus. Um, it would be, to me, when you lose a recruit, it's not the end of the world. But what's tough for me is when I know coaches have been in on some of these kids since they were in ninth, eighth and ninth grade. And you put all this time and effort and money and work and sweat, you know, into these recruits and then they go somewhere else. That's what's tough. Because I know I know the work that's being put in with some of these kids. And you know, same with DJ Stewart. You know, I thought of one people thought just because North Carolina Duke offered him, he was gonna be allowed to go to North Carolina Duke. And from what I was told last week, Illinois is in great standing with him. So it's hard to say what you're gonna get, but it does think that they don't have any commitments. You know, I get all these little notifications on my phones about all these other kids committing and Illinois doesn't have any, but they've had a history of that. You know they've had a history of not signing kids until late.
0: Do you? Would you agree? And, and what I try and tell fans is to just relax. We're just entering September, and, and also if they don't, even if they only get maybe they get one in fall. Illinois has done well in the spring class. Is it maybe the success for this year's team will help draw out some kids and get some commits for spring? So I feel like having success on the hardwood this year could really help out Illinois in the uh, spring spring signing class.
1: Yes, it is, and. Everybody, I mean, I saw another publication today. I mean, what's really unique, and I have to tip my hat to Andy Katz. Andy Katz is the reason why Illinois is becoming a trending team nationally. People in the Big Ten knew, and the people who cover Illinois kind of figured Illinois should be pretty decent. Now, if you look at most of the top 25 teams, they all list Illinois, and that wasn't the case months ago. Not because of rosters or any of that stuff. I just Illinois was a non-factor for years, and now they have the potential to be really, really good again. And it looks good. It's good for the program. And that is going to help you. Because one of the things, and I know people don't want to hear this, or fans don't want to hear this, is that they use Illinois not going to the tournament against them when it comes to recruiting. Why go to school that they don't win? You know, um, they haven't been to the tournament. They're, you know, they haven't produced anybody to the NBA. You know what? I always got that shot. I think at some point in time, people have a knock on Kofi, thinking, oh, he doesn't have a shot. It's a different game, but I think a guy that size, it'd be kind of hard for him not to get a solid look. So having said that, you know, they can't use that, you know, against them. They just need to win. If they stay healthy as well, I think they're going to be. And I am just impressed, so impressed with how much Isle's improved, how much Trent has taken a different role um, in his game. And Trent's numbers didn't drop. People thought, you know, well, it's by Isle, by Isle. Trent's just as effective. And same with Georgie. They just have a lot of options now that they didn't have once before.
0: You know, the, the point about Trent, that's why on my article I wrote, I wrote – and the epitome of an everyday guy, because everyone was talking about, you know, Georgie's breakout year, his breaking the record of freshman points in a game, Io being a lottery pick, Kofi being the biggest player down low that Illinois has ever had that they can remember. But I had to make it known that, you know what, I don't know how people could even forget about Trent, because he's been the most consistent player of Brad Underwood's tenure. So I feel like You
1: know what I think part of it is, Ryan? And I, I I have to admit this. I think there were times last year where Trent deferred too much. I know sometimes people thought he shot too quick. This is just me. I'm a I'm a I'm a very aggressive person when it comes to basketball and the way the games played, and I thought there were times where Trent should have been more aggressive and looked for a shot more. And I don't, I, and I know there's no problem. I, I've not heard any rumblings. Not like it was a couple of years ago. But I just think when Trent's good, because Ayo's going to be Io and Tevian and Allen's going to be Allen. I just think if it was me, I would get Trent and I would get Georgie going early because the rest of the kids are going to follow suit.
0: I completely, I completely agree with that. Um, I just feel like, yeah, definitely this is one of the best. I feel like this is probably going to be the best Illinois basketball team they've had since they made the tournament uh, over six years ago. So it's nice, and, and I agree with you about Andy Katz too. He's made sure that everybody knows. He's Illinois is going to be a top twenty team in his preseason poll, and they should be. So I, I definitely agree with you on the Andy Katz point. But one last thing I want to talk about with you here, and um, in, in good or bad, however you want to approach it, it's fine. But I feel like, you know, many people we haven't many people haven't talked about it, but the whole hiring of Stephen Gentry and then Jamal Walker uh, being, um, I, I mean, I'm going to say demoted. I'm just going to say it because I speak how I feel, and, you know, I've always kind of done that. Him being demoted down to, you know, an assistant to the head coach, defensive coordinator, um, you know, maybe being at home, maybe... There's there's a lot of things and a lot of rumblings out there as to why that happened, but what are your thoughts on if it's going to hurt or it's going to help the Illini? I feel like it's important. Uh, I feel like it's an important thing to discuss, you know, because I know you're close with Jamal. What's your take on the situation?
1: When I first read it, I... It didn't make sense to me, and I read it two or three times, and I'm thinking, what on earth is this about? And people being politically correct, you know, they can say, yes, this is good because Illinois put a good spin on it because he wants to be a head coach someday. You're right. Jamal's a good guy. I mean, outside of basketball, I consider him a friend. He's very, very nice. I remember I went to a basketball game once, just me and him, and all these people saw him in the gym, and everybody came over to talk to him, and he talked to them like he knew, he, he knew these people his entire life. He's a good guy, and I don't like the fact that, the, you know, the timing of it. I know how hard he worked. What I don't like is that some people, what has Jamal done? Who did he land? Why did he not do this? You know, that's why, Coach, you know, Josh Whitman want to get rid of him. They don't understand. You can't make people come to a school. You can't force people. You can't put them on the back of a car and drag them down the road and say, you better come to Illinois. I mean, people forgot, but I know he was responsible for Jeremiah Tillman, Pickett, and Mark Smith. He was heavily involved. Those kids didn't pan out. But you know what? You can say that about a lot of people. There's a kid on the roster right now that people said that didn't really pan out that wasn't his kid. So I just feel bad because I like the guy and he has been loyal to the University of Illinois and I'm telling you, he works hard and if there's anybody want to see him succeed it's him. So um, I'm finding out that you know he may not be able to coach as much, he can't sit, he can sit on the bench I just, there's been so many mixed messages and I guess we're going to have to see this winter, what his role really, really is and I applaud Brad Underwood because he supports those guys you know, the one knock that I've heard about Gentry is that he really hasn't been out on you know in the world of recruiting really really hard and he doesn't have the contacts or some of the reports that Jamal uh, Jamal had with these kids they're no longer going to be had so they got to bridge that gap somehow.
0: I agree with that. You know, I know it's nice for Brad to get back with Gentry. He's an X's and O's guy. I feel he'll help somewhat in that scheme and aspect of how he wants his system ran. But uh, definitely, Stephen Gentry is going to have a lot to prove on the recruiting trail. So, um, well,
1: let me tell you this, you know, I'm trying to cut you off. I've heard so many podcasts, radio interviews, and people talk about X's and O's. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to be the first one to be different. Brad Underwood's the next nose guy. He's good at what he does. And I'm not taking anything away from anybody that's been on his staff. Dude is good at it. So he doesn't, yeah, it'd be nice to have some extra eyes. But I've been to practices. This is Brad's gig. He is his offense. He knows what's going on. I've watched a guy draw plays and I remember when they lost to Maryland at home a couple of years ago, you know, when Trey was a freshman, the out of bounds play. He knows what he's doing. So to me, people read that as an excellent, no guy. And, I, and I'm not saying he's not. But people underestimate how good Brad really is. He's a numbers guy with everything, and statistics matter to him.
0: Oh, I mean, definitely. What he did at Stephen F. Austin, I don't take for one second as being anything to do with any of his assistants. I mean, what he did at Stephen F. Austin in the Southland Conference is unheard of, and it hasn't been done since. I feel like I feel like everybody's like, oh, it was the Southland. That's That's so easy to do. No, it hasn't, and it hasn't been done. It hadn't been done before, and it hadn't been done since.
1: No, and I, and I will also say this: the Big Ten there's obviously better talent and better coaches, so people adjust, you know, differently. I did a podcast, you know, with um, with a few guys from Iowa a couple weeks ago, and there was an Iowa basketball player on there, and he just basically told me how they broke down what Brad Underwood did and and how they were able to dissect what he did. So, but then he's smart enough to know that he has to make adjustments. That's why I said how good of a coach he is, because at the Big Ten level, they all do that. They make adjustments.
0: Definitely. Hey, well, you know what, Ked? Thanks a lot for your time. We went a little bit longer than normal, but, hey, we got 25 minutes in here, and that's awesome. So uh, I appreciate you, Ked. Uh, uh, We'll do it again sometime. Thanks a lot.
1: thanks. Thanks for having me, Ryan.
0: All right, so that'll do it for the interview portion of the Illini Pulse podcast. Thanks again to Kedrick Prince of Orange and Blue News and the Dispatch Argus. So we'll be back uh, for the final segment of the Illini Pulse podcast. And welcome to the final segment of this week's Illini Pulse podcast. Uh, and this is actually sponsored by Daniel Dexter of uh, Northwestern Mutual Financial Services. Um I've known Daniel for a while. Um, He's a great guy. And you know what? He's a huge Illini fan. And more importantly, he's a businessman. And he's actually just starting his brand new business. Um, Dan Dexter is a class of 2010 University of Illinois alum. He also served as an Army officer for eight and a half years before starting his financial planning practice with Northwestern Mutual in Chicago. His passion for serving others is demonstrated through the work he and his team do for business all businesses all across America. His mission is to be an invaluable resource um, and together they climb the mountain towards reaching financial security. He specializes in retirement and life insurance planning, asset and income perfection, protection through disability insurance, budgeting and debt elimination strategy. If you have any questions about your future, want to learn more or see if you're on track with your current plan, you can contact Dan at 217-855-3816 Or at daniel.dexter at nm.com or visit his website um, with Northwestern Mutual. Um, Again, that's daniel.dexter at nm.com. You can get a hold of him at 217-855-3816. Now, with that said, of course, my Ask Swami sponsor is Daniel Dexter. Um, I'm glad to have him on board here at Eye Pulse. Um, a couple tidbits here before I actually do the Ask Swami questions. Um, <clears throat> and that is, you know, of course, I was just talking with Kedrick Prince, and uh, we mentioned that, you know, Adam Miller could possibly, of course, we recorded that um, Thursday, uh, so me and me and Kedrick recorded that Thursday, uh, September 5th. Of course, things happen, so I, I'm glad I actually recorded this today, the, the second part today. I was waiting on some more questions for Ask Swami. Adam Miller's official visit is actually September 20th now. He's going to be there for the, uh, the no- Nebraska home game, which is awesome. So Coleman Hawkins is actually going to be able to do his official visit the weekend before, and then now Adam Miller is going to be coming on the 20th, so that's really big news as well. And again, if you guys go on IlliniPulse.com and register for free, I have some really good tidbits on there, some about Reggie Corbin's health. There's also some stuff about the Illini staff getting visits set up for some key, key priorities, if you catch what I'm saying. Also, some other tidbits for hoops recruiting, football recruiting, team info. Go to IlliniPulse.com, register, subscribe for free for the forums. Um, go to you know, you, can, you get on Pulse Nation and you can submit articles. We do weekly articles f- for fans, chance to win um, clothing and, and gift cards for Game Day Spirit. It's just, there's a lot going on there. And of course, of course, the weekly podcasts and Periscopes and articles. Um, so we, we love all, all the followers. Um, we've got a good following so far. We've got around 300 people have, have joined so far. Um, you know, and who follow us on Twitter. So we appreciate everybody. Now, with that said, let's get to uh, Ask Swami. So, of course, every week it seems that I do an Ask Swami. It's going to be a weekly thing now. Eat My Shorts loves to write in. You know what? Eat My Shorts is asking Swami, who's going to be the first commit for 2020? And you know what? If I had to put my finger on it, I would probably say, you know, Coleman Hawkins would be one that I would feel maybe the first. So, it's hard for me to say at this point just because there's so many variables out there. But I would say Coleman Hawkins could probably, uh, I would point to him to be first. Even though I know, as Ked told you, San Diego State's in the running. Um, and he looks like he's going to be taking another trip possibly to, to Marquette after this. But is he going to make it out of his visit? That is the question. <clears throat> and to the second, Ask Swami, um from Tate Hedgepeth, Hedgepeth um, he asked me, um, who... Uh, what was the deal with Ryan Kalkbrenner? Um, Swami, why did Ryan Kalkbrenner, what, what What? What? calmed down for Ryan Kalkbrenner? And I'm I, two variables here from sources I trust. One, the depth down low pretty much scared him off. It's Georgie and Kofi, and he could see, I think the writing's on the wall that those guys are probably each going to play at least another year for Illinois basketball. So he wasn't playing much his freshman year. Now Illinois signs Jermaine Hamlin. Um, So there's Kalkbrenner just didn't see playing time available. And two, I was also told that Ryan Kalkbrenner did not like how Brad Underwood coaches. He's a kind of, he's like in your face in the form of, he's going to call you out on your bull crap. He's not going to sugarcoat anything, you know, and and he's stern. And you know what? Not every player likes that. Uh, Samba Kane is a perfect example um, of that. So um, with all that said, though, I'd love to have more Ask Swami questions. Uh, I'd love, I enjoy doing that. You know, I always respond to things on Twitter as well, but um, I appreciate everybody who's listening here. Subscribe on, you can either subscribe on pod, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere, or download the Anchor app. So anywhere you could. You know, you have a podcasting platform. The Illini Pulse podcast will be there. Um, again, with weather, maybe it looks like it could possibly have some rain tomorrow. I fully expect Illinois to pound the ball down UConn's throat. And you know what? As Alex Putterman told me on the first edition of Threat Level at Illini Pulse, that UConn's going to run it a lot. Well, I can tell you what. Illinois is going to make Boudry try and beat him with his arm. And if there's going to be a lot of rain tomorrow, expect Illinois to, to crowd the box and Illinois is going to run it down their throat again. I expect Illinois to cover the 20.5-point spread. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Line I Pulse podcast. I am Ryan Evan. Have an awesome weekend. Illinois, UConn tomorrow, 2.30. CBS Sports Network. Also, go buy your tickets. Eastern Michigan, show up. You can be part of the change. Talk to you later.